Good morning, church. I am so glad to be able to be with you today. Man, it's great to be able to gather together as the church. And I love being able to talk to each and every one of you down in the comments. And I'd love to see anyone that's maybe a first time visitor. Just, hey, drop a little comment there. Introduce yourself. Tell us where you're watching from. Tell us where uh, you, know, you live and all that kind of stuff. We'd love to be able to know more about you and to be able to connect with you. Today, we're going to talk about Jesus. Man, isn't it great to know Jesus Christ? Before we do, I want to thank you for giving and supporting our church with your tithes and your offerings. Man, it is such a blessing to know that we have the support of our church. And we're so glad to be able to know that we're going to be able to come through this crisis, come through this pandemic in a way that is strong. Hopefully you are investing in your own spiritual uh, future right now and diving into uh, things like our Right Now Media series, uh, the one we're going through this uh, month with Tony Evans. Hopefully you're jumping in there. Hopefully you're reaching out to people and becoming the church on your street. But thank you so much for giving and supporting. There's a link down there at the bottom if you want to click on that and uh, give your tithes and your offerings through this time. Let's go ahead and pray, and we'll jump into part four, episode one of Jesus, the series. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we love you. God, thank you for our church. Thank you for taking care of us. God, I pray as uh, this disease continues to uh, go throughout our whole country that you would heal us and help us in an amazing way. God, we thank you for all you're going to do, and we just love you so much. In your name we pray, amen. Hey, we are in episode one of season four of Jesus, the series. Now, today we're going to talk about friends, and I'm not talking about uh, Monica and Joey and Rachel and Phoebe and all those friends. No, we're going to talk about real friends today. But over the last two years, we've gone through in this Jesus series, uh, three seasons of it. We started because we wanted to step by step go through the words and works of Jesus Christ so that we could talk like Jesus and so that we could walk like Jesus. And we're looking at the miracles he performed, the messages he preached, the people's lives that he touched, because we want to be like Jesus. That's our mission. So Today is the season premiere of Jesus the Series. Bum, bum. Last time on Jesus the Series, we saw Jesus face temptation in the wilderness for 40 days, and he faced temptation just like we do. We saw how Jesus got his earliest disciples, normal people that got excited about sharing Jesus. We saw how Nicodemus came to Jesus by night to ask Jesus how he could be born again. We saw the woman at the well who was forgiven. And this last episode, we saw Jesus heal the leper. This guy, Jesus, was pretty amazing. He was an awesome person, and he was God in the flesh. And there is so much that we can learn from Jesus. In just three years of ministry, he changed the world forever. All right, you ready? See if you can finish these statements. Birds of a feather flock together. If you lay down with dogs, 
you're going to get fleas, right? How about this one? Who needs enemies when you have friends like these? These statements tell us about what it's like to have friends. And sometimes we have bad friends. Have you ever had a bad friend? I know I have. We probably all know what that's like. We've had friends that put us down. We've had friends that forget about us and turn their back on us. Or maybe they leave us for another friend group and they turn their back on us. We've had friends that won't forgive us when we've messed up and they don't have mercy and grace for us. See, we are made to walk this life with other people. We were not made to walk alone. In fact, our friends determine our future. Our friends determine the direction and the quality of our lives. So are you establishing healthy friendships and avoiding unhealthy friendships? The Bible talks a ton about friends and how important friendships are. Proverbs 13, 20 says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companions of fools suffer harm. Birds of a feather, right? If you walk with a wise person, you're going to become wise. And if you walk with a fool, you're going to get hurt. You're going to become a fool. So choose wisely, my friends. Proverbs 18, 24 says, a man that has friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticks closer than any brother. So you need to be that kind of friend that you desire to have. If you want an honest friend, you have to be an honest friend. If you want a faithful friend, you have to be a faithful friend. Friends are very important. Some of you probably came to Christ because of some friend. But if you're anything like me, some of the worst decisions you've ever made were also influenced by some friends of yours. And there's no time in my life that I was influenced more uh, by my friends and my friend group than when I was a student. My teen years. There was a Gallup poll that was uh, a study they did in 1960. And they found that the greatest influences in a young person's life were parents, teachers, and spiritual leaders. That's what it was in 1960. Parents, teachers, and spiritual leaders. That's who influenced teenagers' lives. But a more recent poll says the greatest influences over this upcoming generation are friends, media, which is music and TV and movies and social media, so friends, media, and then lastly, thirdly, parents. See, spiritual leaders have actually dropped all the way down to number 17 on that list. Now that doesn't bode well for my influence, right? And how I can help you or your teenager. And students, I wanna challenge you right now that you need to constantly be evaluating your friends Reevaluating your friends to see if they are helping you become closer to Christ or whether they are actually pulling you away from Christ. Because for many of you, your friends have more spiritual influence over you than your pastor or than your youth pastor. Today, we're going to see an awesome example of what friendship looks like. We see that in Mark 2, verse 1. It says, when he returned to Capernaum after some days, 
it was reported, it's talking about Jesus, he returned to Capernaum, it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together, everybody came together, so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And as he was preaching the word to them, they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. So you see Jesus comes into town. People get excited because he was shaking things up by this point. And these four friends bring their friend to Jesus. And he's paralyzed to the point that they need uh, to carry him. Uh, the last church I was in, they did a huge Easter play that was hundreds of people. And that was one of the parts I got to play for a few years was I was one of the friends that was carrying a friend to Jesus. And I remember just thinking about that experience as I was acting it out. And it was a, an amazing thing. Let's see what happens next in verse four. And when they could got, not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him and they made an opening and they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. See, these friends hit a roadblock. They were trying to do something good. And Jesus is meeting in this house, but this house is packed. I don't think there was any social distancing going on in this house. They were back to back. Now, it could have been really easy for these friends to give up right then, right? Well, we saw, we tried, right, man? We, we, we tried our best. I'm just, I guess you're just going to have to be paralyzed. But instead, these men got creative with their love for this friend. They didn't let a roadblock stop them. They didn't let anything stop them from getting their friend to Jesus. Now, the roofs in those days were flat. And normally there was even some stairs that would go up to the top. So they had this like deck situation where they could get a cool breeze and they could, uh, you know, hang out on the top of the roof. So these friends carry this man up to the roof and they make this giant hole in this roof. I don't know if insurance covers this kind of stuff, right? This hole was giant, big enough for a man to fit through. And they lowered this friend down from the ceiling into this room with Jesus. And they're like, we did our part, right? We got our friend to Jesus. And we're just gonna have to sit back and see what Jesus does next. We see in the next chapter, it goes on. Verse one, it says, and when Jesus saw their faith, he saw these friends' faith, and it made an impact on Jesus. He said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, the religious people aren't super psyched about this, right? Some of the scribes sit there and they're like, hey, wait a minute, you can't do that. They're questioning in their hearts. And they say, why does this man speak like that? He can't do that. He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sin but God alone? And immediately, Jesus knows everything, right? Jesus perceived in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves. And he said to them, why do you question these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven or to say, rise and take up your bed and walk. But that they may know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. And he said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, take up your bed and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and he went out before all of them so that they were all amazed and glorified God saying, we never saw anything like this before. Now in those days, 
the people in the culture believed that any disease or deformity was caused by sin, whether it was the person's sin or their parents' sin. So I'm sure this paralytic man would have welcomed as Jesus started off by forgiving his sins. Uh, the paralytic man, I'm sure, would have welcomed that forgiveness. I'm sure he was filled with all types of guilt because everybody told him this disease, this problem that you have is because you're a sinner. And if you wouldn't have sinned, you wouldn't be paralyzed today. Can you imagine that guilt that would be on your heart, thinking his circumstances were caused by something he or his family had done? But before Jesus heals his body, he heals his heart. More important than the physical and the material was the spiritual. He heals this man's heart and he makes it clear that he is forgiven. Now, the Pharisees and the religious elite, they don't like this at all because they don't think that Jesus is God. Now, they know that Jesus could forgive, I'm mean, excuse me, they know that God can forgive sin, right? They know that God can forgive sin, but they think Jesus is just a man. And they, don't, they know that he was shaking things up and they didn't like that because they were in power and they had all the control and Jesus was messing up their influence. So they accused Jesus of blaspheming God. But Jesus knows what they're thinking. So Jesus says, well, is it, is, is it easier to forgive sins or heal a paralyzed man? And then he's like, well, watch this. Check this out. And he tells this man to get up, pick up his bed and go home. And the man does it. Everyone's floored. They're just like, whoa, we have never seen anything like this before. They're all amazed. They don't understand. See, the power that Jesus had to heal the body proved that he has the power to forgive his sins. He forgave this man's sin and he proved that he had the power to do it by healing his body. Now, obviously, Jesus is the hero of the story. He's the hero of the entire Bible, and he is the one that we shoot for. He is that friend that sticks closer than any brother. He's that friend that gave up his own life for us. But Jesus honored these men, these four friends. He said, look at their faith. He said, check this out. I, I noticed their faith. So let's think about these four friends. This, what was it about these friends that Jesus admired? Were they thinking about themselves or were they thinking about their friend? They thinking about others. Were they pushing, pushing each others to do good things or bad things? Were these friends willing to sacrifice to help each other? Were they willing to do anything they possibly could to help? These men are pictures of not only the friends that we should want, but the friends that we should want to be. This should inspire us that I want to be that friend. Not just that, oh man, I wish I had friends that would carry me when I'm in trouble. No, we should look at this situation and say, man, I want to be that type of friend. I know some people that have gotten arrested because uh, they took some blame for something their friends had done. They, they were in a bad situation and they ended up going to jail because something someone else did. I know a friend that was driving his car and the guy in the passenger seat pulled out a gun and shot someone. The friend that was driving had no idea what was going on. And he almost went to jail because of another person's bad decisions. I know of friends that have gotten in the car with someone that was, in their opinion, a little bit drunk. And they ended up dying because of someone else's bad decisions. I know a guy that was in my youth group that 
uh, worked at Burger King and he let some of his friends in to rob the joint and now he's in prison. See, the people that we surround ourselves can affect our lives. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. Whoever walks with a fool becomes a fool. You are affected by your friends. And you might say, but I don't do the foolish things that they do. I'm not like them. But you don't always have to participate to suffer harm. You don't always have to make the decision to suffer the consequences of that decision. The people you surround yourself with can make decisions that can ruin your life. Now, adults, you might be sitting there and be like, man, I'm glad I got out of this today because this is a message about friends. And everybody knows that those messages are just pointed towards students and children. But you're not off the hook because friends that you make and that you have and the people that you let influence your life can make all the difference in your life as well. Your friends help shape you. And the friend you choose to be will make all the difference in your life. And the friends that you choose to surround yourself will make all the difference in your life. Your friends will determine the direction and the quality of your life. So here's a little test. Have you ever lied to your friend because you were embarrassed to tell them something. Have you ever had to lie to your friend because you were embarrassed to tell them something? Have you ever done something that you really didn't wanna do because your friends were doing it and they jumped in and you're like, man, I don't wanna be the outsider. Do you have friends that are doing things that you know will hurt them, but you're too scared to say anything? If any of these things are true, it might not really be a true friendship. You might just be people that hang out with each other because friendship helps people get better. Friendship does not, true friendship does not bring you down. Real friends make you better and they care about what is best for you. You might have some friends that you can't name one good thing that came out of that relationship. See, you won't have to lie to be accepted by a true friend. A real friend wouldn't ask you to do something that was not what was best for you. And we have to, have to be aware that attitudes rub off and uh, judginess rubs off. If you have judgy friends, you're gonna be judgy. If you have uh, friends that are cynics, you're gonna come out cynical. If you have grumpy friends that are always complaining, you're going to become that person because your friends shape you. And it's important who we run with because birds of a, a feather flock together. And if you lay down with dogs, you're going to get fleas. Your friends shape you. And if you were a true friend, you could tell your friend when you think they're doing something that's self-destructive. If you were a real friend, you would warn them. Not because you're judging them or because you're putting them down or think you're better, but because you love them and you're afraid of the consequences for them. You need to be that kind of friend that you need. One that cares more about people than acceptance. And if you do this though, you gotta beware because you will learn really quickly if those people are really your friends or if they're just looking for an audience for their bad decisions. You might learn those people you thought were your friends really just wanted people around so that they could control or manipulate or people that would make them not feel lonely and watch them make bad decisions, but never challenge them to be the people 
that God made them to be. Your friends will most likely have more spiritual influence on you than your pastor. So you have to choose wisely. In this passage, we see the greatest example of a friend in Jesus. He is that friend that sticks closer than any brother. He didn't leave us in our foolish ways. He didn't join us in our sin. He came to seek and to save those that were lost. He came to help you out of your darkness and out of your sin. And then we see four friends that Jesus praised. And we see that real friends that love Jesus and love their friend are going to bring their friends to Jesus. Your friends will determine the quality and the direction of your life. So choose wisely, my friend. Choose wisely. And maybe you're watching today and you say, Pastor Phil, you talked a lot about Jesus and how he's the greatest friend ever. The Bible says uh, or, uh, that Jesus was a friend to sinners. It shows us that he was friends to sinners, to prostitutes and to, to thieves and to beggars and people that were cast out. Jesus is a friend. And he wants to be your friend too. But not the kind of friend that leaves you where you are. See, he knows that sin has consequences. The Bible says the wages of our sin is death. And God does not want that to, for you. And the Bible tells us that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. You can call out right now and make a decision to put your faith in what Jesus did on the cross. Romans 5.8 says that God commended his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Talk about the greatest friend ever. Jesus died in our place. He took the punishment that we deserved and he suffered in our place. And the Bible says, whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's repentance. That's turning from your sin and putting your faith on Jesus Christ once and for all. Not your works, not anything that you've done, but Christ and Christ alone. Let's pray and then we'll worship some more. Dear Jesus, we love you. God, thank you that you are a friend that sticks closer than any brother. Thank you that you love us so much. God, thank you for this example of not only of your friendship, but these four friends. God, help us to be friends like that. Help us to be friends that push each other towards what's best and don't allow us just to uh, get comfortable in our sin. Help us to be friends like that, Lord. Not just to those that uh, help us, God, and those that feed our needs, God, but help us to be friends to our neighbors like the Good Samaritan was a friend. Help us to stop and wait and look for people that need help and need a friend. God, we love you so much. We praise you for what you're gonna do. In your name we pray. Hey, let's worship.